distractions, but there we are. <clears throat> well, do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. It's a beautiful song, isn't it, that we saw earlier on. Really, really wonderful. Thank you so much to the team that were involved in putting it together. And thank you to Andrew Peterson who wrote it, that he didn't just keep repeating those first two lines and then stop. But it's a stark reminder, isn't it, of how so many of us feel, even as we enjoy COVID restrictions beginning to ease. They're not over yet. The world is broken, yes. We do feel the shadows deepening. And if we look around, we see injustice and despair and worry and anxiety and hatred and bitterness. We see cruelty by one person to another. And not just on the news, but within our own community too. Increasingly, it seems, people are living in fear. Perhaps that's true for some of us in church or watching online today as well. But you know, the message at Easter is we don't have to live in fear because Jesus conquered the grave. And it's why, as the angel said in verse 5 and 6, a message that's repeated throughout the, the, the passage, do not be afraid. Now, you might be thinking that never in the history of people not being afraid did anybody stop being afraid because of being told to stop being afraid. I, if I'm afraid, right, I am afraid. Well, just imagine how the women felt that first Sunday morning, that first Easter morning, as they arrived at the tomb. They'd gone there grieving and mourning the loss of their friend, their master. And to their amazement, they find the tomb is open, the stone is rolled away, and there's an angel sitting on it, the angel of the Lord. What right has the angel of the Lord to say, in those circumstances, don't be afraid? What right does the angel of the Lord, and what right does the Lord himself have to say to you and to me, if we are afraid, don't be afraid? Well, have a look closely, if you have your Bible open, uh, at verses 5 and 6. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Now that little word for is really important. It kind of suggests the meaning that I know that you're afraid... But here's why you don't need to be afraid. And this is our first point. Do not be afraid, because Jesus has risen. Now, of course, that's a pretty big claim, isn't it? 
Of course, himself, Jesus, had claimed he was going to rise from the dead back in Matthew 20, verse 18 and 19. But anybody can make a claim that they're going to do something like that, can't they? You'll be aware that as a church here at St. Paul's in Banbury, where we have something called the Space Project going on. The church hall that's behind me is pretty dilapidated. It's old, needs rebuilding. We're going to bring it into the church. So I thought as I was preparing, I've got a good idea. I'm going to knock down that hall, and I'm going to rebuild it and complete the Space Project within three days. You're welcome. See, that was really, really easy for me to say, wasn't it? But I'm just going to hazard a suggestion that maybe it might be smart of you if in three days' time you wander past the church and just have a look and see whether or not it's happened. See, why did Jesus have to die? He had to die so that he could be raised again and thus defeat life so that we could be forgiven and be put right with God. Not making false claims for ourselves, but relying on him. Because I need to be forgiven. Because my inclination is to do what I want to do. To put me first. Not to put God first. And that's what the Bible calls sin. Now, I want to illustrate that with a a little bit of a game. I'm going to ask Jeanette if she could uh, come up and help me with this little game of uh, noughts and crosses that I've got up here. Um, I'll tell you what, Jeanette, why don't you be crosses? Great, thanks. Um, I like a a game of noughts and crosses. Apparently, in some places, it's called tic-tac-toe. Did you know that? I've got no idea why it's called tic-tac-toe. You can tell me afterwards if you like. Um, I'm feeling generous. It's Easter Day, Jeanette. Would you like to go first? You know the rules. You know how to play. Children's work, I know all about how playing games. Interesting choice. I think she's got some kind of expert strategy. I think I can rebut that with that. What do you make of that then, Jeanette? Are you? Yeah. Oh. That's an interesting move, that one, isn't it? Tricky now. Hmm, I don't know. Where do you think I should go, folks? Any suggestions? Reuben's got a suggestion. Big, loud voice, Reuben. In the middle of the two crosses? Do you think he's right? I don't know. you think he's right? I don't... I, that seems a little bit weird to me. I think... I'm going to go somewhere completely different to that. I think I'm going to go, put it that right way around. I've lost my little bit of sticky stuff on there. Oh. I've lost my little bit of sticky We'll remember you put it there, Steve. Don't worry. Let's, let's, let's pretend I put it there. <laughs> okay, so I'm feeling pretty good about this. I think I've flummoxed her by my move. So let's see what she does in response to that. Can you tell I'm smiling in spite of the mask? Uh, I can see your smugness shining through, Jeanette. Oh. Crosses win! Crosses win! What do you make of that? I've lost.
watch the game. Thank you, my lovely assistant. <laughs> Can you see what happened there? I was given really good, solid advice of what I should do in order to save the day. And actually what I thought was, I know better, bit of an idiot really, on my part, to completely ignore the great advice that Reuben gave and that everybody said was good advice. Now, here's the thing. Let's just get rid of this. That's just a very simple little illustration of the way we are. If you like, our human nature, which is to do what we want to do and not do what the Lord God, who created everything, said we should do, which is why Good Friday happened, the crosses on the hill at Calvary, which is why Jesus on that cross died. And he did die. He didn't faint or pass out and all that kind of stuff. We know he was dead, and he was brought and put in the tomb. And on that Easter morning, when the women turned up at the tomb, they discovered that the stone has been rolled away. And there's that scary angel sitting on top of it. The tomb was empty on Easter Sunday. The question, I guess, then, is why? Or perhaps, rather, how? How does that happen? Well, the angel gave the answer, Jesus has risen from the dead. But people don't come back from the dead, do they? How can we really know that that's not just some idle claim? Well, let's have a look at some of the evidence that's just within our passage Today, we'll confine ourselves to that for now. Firstly, there's the earthquake. Hopefully, these will come up on the screen for you. The, the magnitude of this event was so great that there was an earthquake. Somebody I've heard argue, well, earthquakes happen all the time over there. But just at that moment? And the stone was rolled back away from the grave. And the women, actually, had been uh, afraid as they walked there. How are we going to move the stone? But there it was, rolled back already. And then there was the angel, verse 2 and 3, shining white as snow, looking like lightning, the passage tells us. And then there's the story of the guards. Now, they're, they're interesting because they're not just people dressed up in a Roman hat and a breastplate and all that. They were hardened, trained soldiers, tough men. And they were so shocked at what happened, it was as if, as if they had been struck dead. They were polaxed. And then, of course, there's the evidence that the tomb was empty. And then we have Jesus' own prophecy. He said of himself, I will rise again in three days after my death, Matthew chapter 20. And then we've got witnesses, verses 8 and 9, the two women who turned up to see, I know Jesus was in the grave, and I know that he's not in there now. And then verses 11 to 15, we've got the chief priests and the elders, the religious leaders of the day. And they were so worried by the fact that Jesus' body was no longer in the tomb that they concocted this bizarre kind of 
detail that they'd planned ahead, by the way. We can see at the end of chapter 27. They'd planned ahead, we've got to make sure we seal the tomb and guard it so nobody can come and steal the body. If it wasn't true, there would be no need for their elaborate cover-up. And we've also got the evidence of the women, haven't we, who were mourning as they went to see the tomb where their beloved friend and master lay. And their mourning has turned into joy, verse 8. Immense joy when they discover he's not there because he's risen. And finally, we have the evidence of the Lord Jesus himself who appeared. He was seen. He was heard. He was touched by the women. This wasn't some kind of apparition in their mind. It's a bodily, physical resurrection. The evidence is clear. Jesus rose from the dead. And the key question, really, I guess, from all of that is, how will you respond to that fact? And in the passage, there are two responses. First one is in verses 11 to 15, and it's the denial of the religious leaders. They were afraid something like this would happen. That's why they posted the guard. And when they, what they feared would happen happened, they went on this kind of journey of bribery and lying and scheming and plotting to cover up the fact that it had happened. And they paid the guards a large sum of money to tell lies, i.e., somebody came and took the body away while we were asleep. It would have had to be a very large sum of money because had they slept on duty, their penalty would have been execution for dereliction of duty. So why this elaborate scheme? It's because they were desperate. And they were desperate, despite the evidence in front of their eyes, to continue with being what modern parlance might call resurrection deniers. It's a bit ironic, though, isn't it, that they should deny the resurrection, given that they've been waiting for years for the Messiah to come. And now here's the Messiah, but they don't accept him because they don't like the type of Messiah that he is. So, denial, one response. Secondly, let's look at the two Marys in verse 9. They worshipped Jesus. They fell and clasped his feet. That was a way in their culture of showing respect and love. And our culture is a bit different in terms of how we might do that. But that attitude of heart is still important in our worship for Jesus. We give ourselves wholly to him. We praise and worship him in response to what he's done for us by coming from the cross into the tomb and then rising again on the third day. You see, the two Marys have made the right choice. Their experience of seeing Jesus and hearing him speak and touching him led them to worship him. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honour and glory? Is he worthy of this? He is. Well, what about if this is all a little bit new for you? Maybe you're not sure. 
whether here in church or watching online, maybe you've not really looked at this evidence before. Maybe you think it all seems a little bit odd. Perhaps you don't yet feel ready to worship him. Maybe you've only just begun thinking through the significance of what Easter is all about. Well, if that is you, then the angel has a message for you, just the same as the message was for the two Marys. And the message is, don't be afraid. Come and see. You see, the stone wasn't rolled away so that Jesus could get out. We see in John chapter 20 that after his resurrection, Jesus could go into rooms which had locked doors without opening them. So he didn't need help getting out. No, the stone was rolled away so that we, like the Marys, could look in. We could see that the tomb was empty. And the message is, do not be afraid. Come and see. Look into the evidence that the tomb was empty. Don't just take my word for it. Check it out. Let the joy of the Lord Jesus, resurrected, defeating death, fill your heart. Allow him to carry your burdens. Allow him to protect you in your fears. Just as he carried the burdens of our sins away on the cross on that Good Friday. And can I urge you, if you're in that position and you haven't yet really made your mind up about Jesus and his resurrection, don't let today end without committing to completely check it out. Do come and talk to me if you want to or get in touch with one of the staff team. And if, like me, you have met the risen Lord Jesus, you do want to worship him, then in verse 10 there's words for us too. Do not be afraid. Go and tell. Have a look at verse 7. The angel says, Go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. That was what sent the women off in their journey to tell the disciples when they bumped into Jesus. See, Jesus hadn't risen and gone into hiding. He'd not disappeared off somewhere. No, he's going ahead of them. He's going into Galilee even, that spiritually dark place where he'd begun his ministry. And then as they meet Jesus, he confirms what the angel had said. Verse 10, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And so they too will be witnesses of the resurrection. And you see, as we're trusting in him, the Lord Jesus goes ahead of us too shining his light into our dark world. And as we read elsewhere in Scripture, he will return to make all things new, as our song reminded us earlier on. He is alive and he has promised, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We're never alone when we're going with the Lord Jesus. And so, as those who love him and worship him and follow him, this saviour who goes before us, the invitation to us is to go and tell. Share this great news with those whom we meet. 
let it flow out from our lives as those who worship the Lord Jesus. Well, time is up. The evidence, though, is overwhelming. This isn't some religious conjecture. It's not some kind of philosophical theory. This is a fact that occurred in history. Jesus rose from the dead. So don't be afraid. Jesus is risen. Don't be a Jesus denier. Come and see. Check the evidence and find out for yourself of its truth. Don't be afraid. Be a Jesus worshipper and let that worship flow out in telling others the great joy that Jesus is alive. He is risen. So do not be afraid. Let's finish together with those well-known words, shall we? Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. As we're reflecting on that, let's join in these responses. Does the Father truly love us? He does.